Well, good morning, good Sunday, good Easter Sunday, and welcome to Broxton United Methodist Church on this very, very special of days as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, want to extend a very special welcome to you if you are attending Broxton United Methodist for the first time, or if you're if you're not even a regular timer, so to speak, if you're not a member or or a, or a frequent visitor. Uh, we especially want to welcome you. Just as I said last week, if you were here with us in person, I would tell you that you were the most important person in the congregation today. And if you're out there watching again for the first time, you are the most important person or people that are joining us. And we are so very, very grateful, so very, very thankful to have you with us. Again, Easter Sunday, what a special, special day in the Christian church. Very, very strange Easter Sunday for us. That, and that's kind of putting it lightly. That's kind of stating the obvious. Uh, but it is strange. It is odd not to be meeting, especially especially on Easter Sunday morning. Sitting in our living rooms or wherever we are, just remember that indeed Jesus Christ is risen. And this is the reason, this is the basis, this is the very foundation of our faith. And that's what we're going to be talking about just a little bit, a little bit more here shortly. I want to make a couple of announcements. I've been doing that the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I told you guys, you know, if you, if you don't attend church here regularly, Generally, what I do is first thing, I'll get up and I'll give the church announcements. Uh, we've got this event going on. This is going on this week or whatever. Not a whole lot going on in person uh, right now considering the circumstances. And by not a whole lot, I mean absolutely nothing. Uh, but we do have internet-based ministry going on, and we've got a lot of it. And I, and I encourage participation. If you are a member especially, I encourage participation. If you're not a member, if you're just curious we invite you to dive in and, and join us and, 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 and learn a little bit more about us. We have a Facebook page, uh, Broxton United Methodist Charge, facebook.com slash Broxton Charge. That's kind of the entryway um, into us, kind of gives you a glimpse of who we are, what we are, what we're all about. We have a Facebook uh, group page. That's Broxton UMC Family. And that's where you kind of come in and, and, and you get to know each other a little bit better. We get to encourage one another. We get to we get we get to offer uh, prayer requests and praise reports, and just really encourage and, and watch one and each other grow towards Christ likeness and grow in grace and and really support one another, especially through, through this difficult period of time. And you don't have to be a member here to join that. Send locate us on Facebook again. It's Broxton UNC family. Hit the little join group button, and we'll let you in. We would love absolutely love to have you. We have a YouTube channel. If you're watching this morning at the 11 a.m. service. You have found that already. If not, go to YouTube and type in Broxton United Methodist Church in the search bar, and it'll take you straight to our page. We've got a lot of videos posted there. And again, for the last three Sundays, anyway, this is, this is where we premiere our, uh, our initial Sunday broadcast, morning broadcast. And uh, you, can, you can view that later, of course, and you can also view it later uh, on our Facebook page as well. Check out our website. It's broxtonumc.wordpress.com. BroxonUMC.wordpress.com, and we've got a lot of videos on there. We maintain a blog. We update it pretty, pretty regularly, and just go in there if you're interested. Uh, find out more about us. Let us and, and see what we're all about here at Broxton. And for our members and for our regular attenders who are watching this morning, I am sure you are curious and you are wondering where exactly I am. Obviously, I am not in the sanctuary. But I'm going to leave that up to you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let you figure that out on your own. Happy Easter Sunday, everybody. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Most merciful Heavenly Father, God, today we recall and we celebrate the very heart of the good news of Christianity, the heart of the gospel. We celebrate the resurrection of your Son and our Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate that evil has been defeated, that death has been defeated, and we celebrate that sin has no power over us because of this miracle of all miracles. Grace is the word for today. Grace, unmerited favor. That grace which grants us salvation through nothing that we have done, nothing that we deserve, but is freely given because you first loved us. For those of us who have received this free gift, we say thank you today. Thank you for this scandalous gift that reconciles our relationship to you, not through our own petty efforts, but through the blood and the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Thank you for this gift that grants us entry into your kingdom, a kingdom where our worth and our value is not found in worldly wealth and status, but solely because of Jesus' love for us. And we especially pray today for those who have not received or who have denied or turned away or maybe have never even heard your gospel, the gospel, the good news, the story of Jesus. Lord, we pray that ears and hearts may be open this day to welcome and to receive the greatest gift ever given and the greatest story ever told. And we pray all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And if you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you got one sitting, uh, sitting next to you, wherever you may be, or if you're on a computer, if you're on a laptop or whatever, you got a Bible, out, Bible app there handy, take them out and turn over to the 28th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. The 28th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 28. And if you, if you happen to catch the, uh, the very beginning of our video this morning, you may, you may recognize these scriptures. These were, these were in, the, uh, in the introductory portion of our video. And this is the Easter story. And we're going to read all these verses. Uh, many of us, most of us have probably heard this story dozens, if not hundreds of times. But it never gets old. It never gets stale. And it is always, always worth repeating. So Matthew 28, uh, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, going to be reading verses 1 through 10. And I am reading from a New Living Translation, starting in verse 1. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven. He rolled aside the stone and he sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Do not be afraid, he said. I know you are here looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come and see. See where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And remember what I have told you. So the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but they were also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them, and he greeted them. And they ran to him, and they grasped his feet, and they worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. 
Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. And that is the word of God for the people of God. And that story gives me chills this morning. Absolute chills. This is, again, this is the Easter story. This is why we, this is why we gather on Easter morning. This is why we celebrate Easter Sunday. This is why this is generally, in, in any other time besides the time that we're going through now, one of the most well-attended uh, Sundays throughout, throughout the calendar year. Easter Sunday, the very, very foundation of Christianity. Because, you see, without the resurrection of Jesus, there is no Christianity. There is no Christianity without Jesus Christ defeating death. There is no Christianity without Jesus Christ defeating evil. There is no Christianity without Jesus Christ defeating sin. Had Christ only died, had he only been crucified, there would be no Christianity. There would be no salvation. Had the leaders of Jesus' day gotten their way and had what they had hoped to have occurred actually have occurred, there would be no Christianity. Had they simply killed a man, simply killed maybe even a prophet, there would be no Christianity. But there is Christianity today because Jesus Christ is who he said he is. He told people, he told the disciples that he would be killed and that he would be raised again. We see this in the prophecies. We see this throughout the New Testament. We see it throughout 2,000 years of basic Christian doctrine. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, the resurrection that reconciles us through nothing but faith, nothing but faith into a right relationship with our Creator. The resurrection of Jesus Christ that frees us from sin, that frees us from the power of sin and the power of death and the power of evil. That is the foundation of who we are and what Christianity is and what it is all about. And yes, folks, we believe this. We believe this 100%. I don't believe that Jesus Christ was just a man. That's not historical Christian teaching. I, don't, I, I think Jesus was a prophet. I think he was a wonderful prophet. But he was also divine. He was fully divine and he was fully human. And he fully gave of himself for our salvation out of nothing, nothing but pure love. Most of us know the, the probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous uh, verses in the entirety of the Bible, definitely in the New Testament. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, should not pass away, but shall have eternal life. The very foundation of who we are as Christians is celebrated, is celebrated in the very real miracle the very real resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, most of the time, Easter sermons are evangelistic. Um, it's a good opportunity for preachers, for, for pastors, for teachers to get up and preach evangelistic messages. What do you mean by evangelistic messages? I mean by messages that, that, that preach the basics of the gospel. And I talked a little bit about that maybe last week, maybe two weeks ago. But we talked about the gospel and what the gospel is and, and the foundation of the gospel. Well, this is it. This is it right here. This is why Easter Sunday and Easter sermons are such a prime time. And Easter scriptures, like the story that we just read, are a prime, prime time to preach these evangelistic messages. These messages that we preach um, primarily, hopefully, for the purpose that God will use us to draw people into a relationship with Christ. 
That's the hope. That's the prayer is that through these words, through these scriptures, through this vessel, God will use us, the Holy Spirit will use us to draw people into this relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the hope. That's the primary purpose, and that is, that is, that is the prayer. And that's the reason that so many of us preach these evangelistic-type messages. Also, though, we preach them to be a reminder, because a lot of times we need to be reminded. A lot of times our Christianity gets stale. A lot of times our faith gets old, and it gets stale, and we forget, and we forget who we are. Here's an often repeated phrase. We forget where we come from. We need to be reminded a lot of times as Christians that our faith, our hope, is laying, it lies in nothing but Jesus Christ. And it starts right here. It starts with the resurrection of Christ our Lord. And that's what we're reminded of today, professing Christians. This is where we are, not of our own merit, not of anything that we've done, not of anything that we deserve. We are here because of Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. We have salvation from sin, salvation from destruction, for no other reason than the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So yes, we absolutely believe this. I absolutely believe in the literal resurrection of Jesus Christ. People think that we think a lot of weird stuff sometimes, and, and most of it's pretty simple. For some reason, folks don't want to bat an eye, though, a lot of times when you tell them that you actually believe that, yeah, God raised a man from the dead. I believe Jesus raised some people from the dead, and I believe the disciples raised some folks from the dead. I believe that same power exists in us today because Scripture also tells us that. Yes, we believe this. We believe in the literal resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is what we refer to as an essential doctrine of Christianity. And guess what, folks? God hadn't lost that power. God has not lost his power, and we have not seen the last of miracles, and we have not seen the last of miraculous gifts. We have, have, have tried to, 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 to bring, down, bring God down to our level a lot of times. We have tried to tame God, if you will. We have tried to talk. We, we, we wince a lot of times. We, kinda, we, we, kinda sh like, we like to shy away from these ideas of miracles and these ideas of people who actually have the miraculous gifts uh, that the Bible talks about that we are empowered to have by the work of the Holy Spirit. Folks, God hadn't lost his power. God hasn't lost his power. He's got the same power now as he did 2,000 years ago. And that same God that raised Jesus Christ, that raised his son from the dead, can certainly do the same today and can certainly perform any miracle that we could possibly fathom or imagine. And that same Holy Spirit gives us the same gifts, the same powers. That's if we can only be open. If we can only be open, folks. Don't tame Jesus. Don't tame God. Maybe that's the reason that we suffer a lot of times. Maybe that's the reason that we suffer a lot of times as a church, as a global church, as a local church, because we're just not really open to the power and the authority and the love of Jesus Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. That same authority, that same power that raised a man from the dead 2,000 years ago that, that is the foundation of everything that we are, everything that we believe, everything Everything, everything that we have to be grateful for. Everything that we have to be grateful for. And it's all about grace, folks. I mentioned that in my, in my prayer this morning. 
Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, this idea of justification, being justified before God, being reconciled into a right relationship with him. Today is all about this little word called grace. We are offered salvation not because we've done anything to deserve it, not because we have earned it, but because God loves us. And because Jesus Christ, who was fully man and fully divine, gave of himself to take on our sins and was then resurrected, defeating that sin, making things right, giving us that pathway into a right relationship with Jesus through nothing that we've earned, nothing that we've done, nothing that we can do, but grace grace, that unmerited favor of God. I'm going to give you a little idea before I wrap up about what grace is. That's a word that we like to use a lot, grace. And and grace can mean a lot of things. In its very, very basic definition, you can think of grace kind of as the work of God. And that's a very basic definition of what it is. But certainly, it is the work that God does. It is the work of God, but when we talk about it within the salvific or the salvation context, we get a not really a little not really a different meaning, but maybe a little different focus when we talk about the grace of salvation, the grace that we have through through saving grace, justifying grace is what we call it in the Methodist and the Wesleyan tradition. It is that grace that justifies us before our Creator. Let me give you a little rundown of what that looks like in a, in, a, in a simple explanation. Grace basically in this context means that we are getting something that we don't deserve. We are getting salvation that we don't deserve. We are being justified and reconciled into that right relationship with our Creator because of anything that we've done, not because we deserve it. Un merited favor. Grace in this context means getting something that we don't deserve. What does that look like? A lot of you have probably heard an example like this before, but I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give it to you again regardless. Let's say that somebody breaks into your vehicle, okay? They break the locks on your vehicle. They, they damage the doors. They, they go in and they rummage all through the dash and, and the console, they steal stuff, and let's, let's take it a little bit further. They, they, they take your car apart. They start, they start ripping out parts, and it's just a mess. It's, when, you, when you finally do locate it, it's a mess. It's torn to pieces. Glass, glass is shattered. Uh, pretty, pretty much useless. Useless vehicle. Justice means getting what we deserve in this context. So... In this example, justice would be locating the person that committed that crime, having them incarcerated, having them go to trial, and having them locked up to pay for their to pay for their crimes. That's justice, getting what we deserve. Mercy. Mercy kind of means not getting what we deserve. Mercy in this example would kind of be something like this. You find out who the person was that did this damage to your vehicle. And you basically just give them a, just give them a pass. You don't tell the police. You don't, you don't try to hold it over them. 
You just kind of give them a pass. Okay. You can get away with it this time. No big deal. There's actually some grace in that, <laughs> that example. But basically, it's just not getting what he deserves. In this example, grace would be getting something we don't deserve. Something this criminal doesn't deserve. Grace in this example would look like this. It would be finding out who this person is. It would be going to this person and saying, I understand that you damaged my car. I understand you got, you, you got some stuff going on. Maybe you, needed, maybe you needed those car parts. Maybe you've got a habit that you're feeding. I understand that. I'm not going to punish you, though. As a matter of fact, I don't want you, not only do I want you punished, I want you to have something. And you pull out of your, out of your pocket a set of car keys. I don't have those. I wish I had them as an example. But you pull out of your pocket a set of car keys. And you hand them over to the guy. You say, you know what? Because you're so down in your luck, I just decided to be, buy, buy you a new vehicle. You probably got places to go. You probably got things that you need to do. So, so here's the keys to a new car that I just bought you. And also, my other pocket, here's $1,000. You probably need to get off your feet if, if you're this desperate that you'd have to go into people's cars and, and, and commit crimes and this and that. So here's a car and here's $1,000. Go your own way and may, may grace be with you. That's what grace is. And that is the same grace that we get when we receive that salvation through nothing but faith in what Christ has done for us. Grace. Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is all about grace. Why do I believe this? Let's, let's, let's make it a little bit more personal this morning. Why do I believe this? Well, you're a preacher. Preachers are supposed to believe this. Folks, I have not always been a preacher. Some of you watching probably, probably are very familiar with that fact. Some of you who are watching are not familiar with that fact, but I haven't always been a preacher. I have not always stood behind a pulpit. Like many of us, many of us, I have a history as well. I didn't want to hear about Jesus years ago. I didn't want to hear about Christianity. I did my own thing, and I hurt myself, and I hurt a lot of other people because of my sin. And that's what it was, and I didn't recognize it back then, but I recognize it for what it is today. When I was made aware of that, that was the first step. That was the first step, being made aware of my sin. I believe I told you guys that about a week or two ago. I believe what I believe today, and I believe, I believe in miracles, and I believe in God, and I believe in the resurrection of Christ because I've seen the miracle, because I am the miracle, because I have witnessed firsthand what God can do to a person's mind, what God, Jesus, can do to a person's heart, how he can literally transform us from the inside out in the way that we think, the way that we talk, the way that we act, the way that we behave, the way that we love God, and the way that we love our neighbors. I know it. I know the miracle because I am the miracle. And I have seen the miracle. I have seen the miracle in so many other people. And if God can do that, if God can, can change us, people, people, who rarely, rarely, ever, ever change within their own within their own means, their own self-will, if you will. If God can do that, imagine what else God can do. Imagine what else he can do. That's just the tip of the iceberg. That's what a miracle is. That's what you call a miracle. And that is the fruits of salvation. That is the fruits of Easter Sunday. Pray with me if you will. Merciful and gracious Lord, we can't thank you enough this morning for the gift of salvation. We can't thank you enough 
for your son, Jesus Christ. We can't thank you enough, Father, for, for his love, for his mercy, for his sacrifice, and today for his resurrection. His resurrection, Lord, that provides that pathway to us, that pathway into that reconciled and that right relationship with you, God, that pathway that opens our heart to be able to receive the Holy Spirit, to be able to be transformed from the inside out, to be made into disciples of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you. We thank you, and we pray especially for those who are still suffering. We pray for those who are suffering because of their sin, even though they don't know it. God, as I said in the beginning, I pray, Father, earnestly that hearts will be opened, that eyes will be opened, that people will be drawn into a relationship with you, God, especially during this time, especially during this uncertain time, this time of worry, this time of fear, of anxiety. God, open up people's hearts, open up people's eyes, open up their minds. Draw them, Father. Draw them into that relationship with you, that you might be glorified. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Have a wonderful week.